everybody. It's the Tiger Minor League Report slash Mercy Metrics podcast here at TigerMinorLeagueReport.com. I'm Rahel Castillo. That means Chris Brown and John. And I will be jump. I might have to jump off the call because I'm going to be on the press call for Scott Harris. So just a heads up. If you suddenly see me disappear, that's what's going on. So my hair is like this because I've been working all day, not because of the trade deadline. Look. Memorable. A memorable trade deadline. It was a memorable trade line. Yes. Tiger Town says, I don't know what to say, guys. I'm in the same boat. As a, I have to look at this from a, a perspective of being a writer and also I have to look at this from a perspective of a fan. I think the fan perspective is what just happened. And go ahead. I don't know what you guys' reaction was, but. Yeah, yeah. My, I mean, we do like we need to let things settle down, probably for a little while to get the full scope of it. But on the surface, initially, it looks like a, a huge fail for the Tigers front office. Honestly, I mean, they did. We'll talk about uh, the trade they did make later. But in addition to not being able to trade Eduardo Rodriguez or not being able to complete one, they also, unless I missed it, they didn't trade Cisnero or Shreve or anybody else. Correct. They, they didn't trade any of their, their tradable pieces. We thought tradable pieces. Perhaps we overreacted or overestimated the value of all those guys, but a lot of other players were, were moving. And one of, the, one of the main things that I had hoped we'd see from Scott Harris when they signed him, and one of the things I complained about Al Avila, was that was, there was never any creativity. Just just not, they didn't try any sort of, out, out of outside of the box moves, nothing taken on cash. And, and today we see the White Sox getting Luis Patino for cash. We see Cleveland getting Khalil Watson in a deal. Like, maybe he doesn't work out. He's had some issues. But it's taking a chance and, and buying low on people. And, yeah, it, it's it's in the Tigers. They, they made a single trade for a single player in high A. It, it felt very much like something we really could do, right? John, oh, go ahead, because, yeah. Yeah, I saw Chris's tweet. He said this either it's a career-defining blunder for Scott Harris unless the Tigers win the Central or they work out a, a long-term extension with Eduardo Rodriguez. We don't know if that's going to happen. We don't know how motivated he is to stay in Detroit. Uh, obviously, he you know, declined the deal to go to the Dodgers for, I believe, family reasons. I don't know if we're ever going to find out what that deal looked like and what players were coming back. I don't know if we even want to. What I was looking at is the Baltimore Orioles. I really thought with the Dodgers trade not happening, I looked at them, but obviously they were able to get Jack Flaherty near the end. Only got one prospect for Jack Flaherty. The they Cardinals did two. Oh, they did get two? They got the Prieto and Rom. Prieto, one of the best prospects that the Baltimore has. A left-handed bat with power. And you know why they got Jack Flaherty? Because analytically speaking, he's good against righties. Right? He's only bat 235 against them. And they use that wall out there. Yeah. So I was, if you guys could confirm this, do the Tigers get a, a comp pick if Eduardo Rodriguez is Nope. Done? They do not. Nada. Go ahead. Nada. Nada. already gave him a, a qualifying offer two years ago. So they, and, that, and that's the thing. Like you could say, all right, nobody met the Tigers price. Well, what, what value do you place on 12 start uh, for the rest of the season when you're almost certainly not going to win the division? What, how much does that matter? Uh, and I would say basically nothing. They could have traded Erod for, as somebody else said, said that the J.D. Martinez poo-poo platter, right? And, and it would have been fine because if you really, Eduardo Rodriguez, you can go out and re-sign him in the offseason after he opts out. Yeah, it just feels like a really 
just like a huge mistake. And it's something it feels like they weren't ready. They weren't how they didn't know that Rodriguez would veto a trade to the Dodgers is stunning. And and who knows? Maybe there's a lot more to this story. But yeah, it, it feels like a very, a very disappointing outcome for a team that I mean, we gotta be honest, like they're not really competitors. And this was one of their only ways to acquire more talent. And they didn't. So it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a bummer. Just if you try to take an optimistic approach, the hope would be that maybe there's something behind the scenes of Eduardo Rodriguez expressing interest to be here long-term to playing out his contract. You can hope that, but yeah, it's tough to see because with the farm system not being as strong as we'd like it to be, this was the guy we looked at from the beginning of the season as the guy who could get that Justin Henry Molloy type of return to really make this farm system a bit deeper. And for that not to happen, and even the Michael Origin trade was fine for what it was. To me, what was disappointing was not trading Cicinero or not trading Shreve, not packaging those guys together. Like you said, getting creative. I was even thinking of if there's a prospect in another team's organization that Scott Harrison, the Tigers really liked sending Lorenzen and maybe attaching a, a, a prospect in the Tigers organization to get an upgrade and, and get a young player they really liked. There was really a lack of creativity. And to come away with uh, a second base prospect who he has some potential. I don't know that his tools really stood out to me. I, he is solid at drawing walks. But it, yeah, it's very underwhelming kind of reaction right now. Yeah, I, I think as, as th that was a solid return, I think, for Lorenzen. That's it. That's we have my initial reaction is he's probably pretty close to Kevin McGonigal as a player who the Tigers just drafted. Everybody was pretty excited about it. It's a hit first kind of profile. And that seems to be what the, the, Scott Harris front office is targeting guys who actually have good hit tools and, and don't strike out a ton. Um, but yeah, it feels like the, the subsequent lack of moves, it just remains bewildering, honestly. And we're, we're setting up for a very strange scenario where Eduardo Rodriguez is probably going to get booed in his next home start for wanting to stay in Detroit and not go to Los Angeles. It's going to be a really weird, weird thing. Um, and I hope that fans don't take that out on him, right? Like, he, through his quality play, earned a right to get a large free agent contract and earned the right to get a no-trade clause, and he exercised it. And, and that's, we're pro-labor here, right? This is what we want from, from guys. We just, we just wish maybe that there was a better backup plan in place. And now I'm, I'm like absolutely fascinated, and who knows if we'll ever find out who the Dodgers were going to give up for him, what, what that deal was. So, yeah, I don't know. Tigers fans have to... I, I've seen some responses to my tweet about saying that was a huge overreaction, and maybe it was. I, I, I try to think that I'm not being a, a huge fan about this, right? I, I just looking from a business perspective, you're you're wasting an asset. But again, we don't know the whole story. Hopefully, Rahelio will come back after the press conference and, and tell us all the, the details and, and explain to us why it was actually a good move. Yeah, we did have donation from Blood, right? Who said the baseball gods have turned their backs on us. Lowly Tigers fans, I, I know a lot of people feel that way. And then we had one from Elton C, who said Rodriguez couldn't suit it up for two and a half more months, then left the team last year. Thanks a lot. Get him out of here. So obviously, I'm upset. Suck it up. Yes, Suck I don't know. Bewildering. It's strange. <laughs> yeah, to me, it's maybe this means the Tigers are trying to compete a lot sooner than we thought they were. Maybe this means Eduardo Rodriguez is in there short-term plans to compete next year and, and build a rotation around him 
Manning, Scooble, and Mize. The, the free agent market, like we've said, is there's some pitchers out there. Jack Flaherty is, is a guy I really would like the Tigers to target next offseason. But maybe this means the Tigers are, are going to try to win and stay competitive throughout this season and hopefully in the next season in a division where there wasn't a single buyer in the AL Central this year, which just goes to show you how open this division is potentially for the next couple of years to come. Yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a strange world where we're complaining about a, a team that perhaps not trying to fold and, and trying to compete a little bit. But And we saw other teams play both sides, right? Arizona traded Andrew Chafin to Milwaukee, and, and I, you can do that, but the Tigers didn't acquire anybody else to help now. Their, their only recourse would be to do what everybody's been wanting them to do all year and, and start calling up Justin Hermilloy and Parker Meadows and Colt Keith and hopefully those guys can give you a jolt to the offense because that's what's really been missing, right? The pitching, for the most part, has been solid this year. It's just the offense goes dormant for seemingly games at a time. But that's an awful lot to ask from these prospects, and, and people always overestimate based on performance in AAA. They think, oh, these guys can come up and hit right away, and that's just not reality. But it's, it's just an extremely weird situation that I can't remember a Tigers deadline going like this. Like, the one that sticks out the most to me is maybe 2005 was it 2005 2008 i don't know they when they traded pudge rodriguez instead of going for it that, that would have had to been 2008 i think yeah i don't know we're just really left to ponder what exactly happened and hopefully like i said we'll, we'll get answers on that they probably won't be sufficient answers scott harris will probably say we didn't like the values that were out there and rogelio talked about he, he he loved the return that the cardinals got for flaherty that's what he was hoping for for the tigers now, I think he's a bit mistaken about saying Cesar Prieto has power. He's, he's, he's a Luis Arise light. He's, he's all hit, but he hits like crazy. And that's something the Tigers could use. But, yeah, we're in a strange position, that's for sure. Yeah. In terms of what they did get, if we want to talk about the second base prospect, who I don't want to butcher his name if, if you want to. It's... I need, I don't want to butcher that. If you want to say it first, then... yeah, I've I've gone and forgotten it. Be, uh, how, how you leave? How you leave? How you, how you leave? Yeah, a kid from from Taiwan. Uh, that you know, if you want to get into weird political discussions, they are known as Chinese Taipei for any athletic events because it's a strange colonized island or island that was colonized and dominated by China and things like that. But he's he's a kid who has always been viewed as as a kind of a gamer. And with a good hit tool. And he really, he made some noise last year in low A by performing pretty well. And, and this year, but he's also had a couple injuries. He had a broken wrist, I think, or a wrist injury. And so he's, he hasn't hit for as much power this year, but he's still hitting for solid average. He gets on base, like you said. There's some defensive versatility. He's played shortstop. He's played third. He's played second. They mostly think that he's going to play second base. And, and, yeah, we're speculating he'll probably just head right to, to West Michigan, high A again. There is a chance, maybe, that they would bump him up to double A Erie, depending on how the, how much they like him. I have a feeling that they probably like him a lot, and in, in probably more than ranking services indicate, just based on, on the skill set. So he, he could theoretically slot into Erie and play some shortstop and some third base, because Erie just lost Andrew Navigato, who was more of a veteran presence, but... Uh, a guy that they've been counting on to play a lot of shortstop and a lot of third base. They also they sent Gage Workman down to high A. They're, they got Luis Santana there, so it's possible he could go to double A. But I'm thinking, thinking high A West Michigan for the rest of the year, and 
Yeah. He's a top 10 prospect in their system. Hard to get upset about that. It's not like a super sexy high ceiling, but there's a potential average regular there. And the more guys like that you have, the more likely you're going to be able to feel a solid team in the future. Yeah. And like I said, he might not be the Tigers every day, second baseman of the future. You obviously have Jace Young, you have Cole Keith who can move to second base, but if the Tigers are looking to compete in, in a year or two from now, he's a guy you could pet- potentially trade to get a reliever or a pitcher yeah. to help improve your big league club. So I think they got the best player they possibly could. They obviously waited out the market as long as they could with Michael Lorenzen. I was looking at MLB Pipeline. He's now their, the Tigers' sixth best-rated prospect, right behind Ty Madden, right in front of Peyton Graham. 20 years old, is hitting 283 in high A. 29 walks to 53 strikeouts. That was really what stood out to me. He didn't, from what I read, he didn't seem like an explosive athlete or a great runner. So it'll be interesting to see. He is another Scott Harris guy. So we now have a handful, a couple of those guys in, in, in down on the farm now. But yeah, that's what we got at the deadline. In terms of the relievers, that was another thing I wanted to talk about. I didn't expect them to trade Foley or, or Lang, even though that some of the returns on on these relievers, oh, I'm forgetting it, Paul Seawald, I believe his name yeah. was, getting traded to the Diamondbacks. I thought the Mariners got a great return for him. But I think keeping Lange and Foley having their years of control made sense. But some of the veterans not getting moved, like a Cicinero and a, a Chase and Shreve, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's another one that, that was really shocking to me. It almost felt like they were they were banking on combining those guys in deals with Lorenzen and Erod. And, and for whatever reason, they were like backburner deals. They figured somebody would come calling for relievers because you can't, you can't have a high price tag on guys like that. It's great to trade a lefty reliever for a Reese Olsen, but that's, that's just kind of luck, right? You're not expecting that every time. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to figure. It's really hard to figure why they didn't move these guys. Maybe they really just had super high price tags on everybody and nobody met them and they're, they're content to try to compete and play winning baseball the rest of the season. But you would think that they would at least trade for a lottery ticket, right? I don't know. When you think about like they traded Rodney Grossman last year for a kid named Chris Anglin, who was a left-handed pitcher who like topped out at 87 miles an hour, and they released him like three months later. That was literally trading for, for just about nothing. No offense to Chris Anglin as a person. I'm sure he's got a great personality. But so, you know, doing something like that wouldn't move the needle a ton, but you'd think you could get something from someone. Everybody's always looking for bullpen help. So, yeah, just a very, very curious trade deadline from from the Scott Harris front office. And may, hopefully, I guess we hope that he learns from it. It gets better. I don't know. I thought, I thought for sure you could trade a reliever to just about anybody. Yeah, so we do have a bit of breaking news. Oh. So first of all, there's a couple, but I want to get to the Tigers have made a trade with the Dodgers. It looks like a cash trade. They did get a Eddie Leonard, a shortstop. He's the 14th ranked prospect in the Dodgers system, 22 years old. I don't know how much you know about him. I'm This is the first time I've ever heard about him, if I'm being honest, but the Tigers yeah, have saw, made another move. We saw him a fair amount in in the in the Midwest League with Great Lakes. And he's a quality player. He's a legit shortstop, can hit a little bit, a little bit of power. But he strikes me more as a, a utility type. The Dodgers just removed him from their 40-man roster. So that was one of those things where I think that the Tigers worked out a trade that had basically nothing to do with the trade deadline. It, it did because it's the trade deadline, but that was the sort of uh, move teams make all the time. I think the, the other guy that the Dodgers released, is it Bruel? Bruel? Left-handed pitcher. Somebody else claimed him too. That that adds more depth to the the system, and that's 
that's one of those things where okay, that's slightly more creative, right? I'll give I'll give him that using cash to to get a solid prospect, but he's not. I wouldn't say that one moves the needle a ton. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at his numbers in Double A this year, hitting two fifty four and three hundred fifty at bats, eighty five strikeouts to twenty nine walks, has eleven home runs. From what I'm reading on his bio, they said, yeah, an offensive-minded utility man. Doesn't look like he's going to stick at shortstop. What you were just describing, he'll be another interesting piece to for the Tigers to put down in their farm system. Yeah, and then we did have a, a quote from Scott Harris as well. He said, we reached a deal he was not comfortable with. This was talking about Eduardo Rodriguez to the Dodgers. Harris says Rodriguez is comfortable in Detroit, and it's possible they work out an extension to keep him from exercising his opt-out. Yeah, I, I would hope that that would be um, a focus of theirs now, really. Honestly, as long as it's somewhat financially reasonable, we've, we've talked about it before. You probably have to add two years. And what's he do left? Three years and it's 16 million a year, 49 million? Yeah, 49. Yeah. So he would probably get five in somewhere between 100 and 120 on the, on the open market. So you'd have to figure out a way to, to make that work. I, I don't know exactly how, if you could have him opt out and then sign a new deal. I don't, doesn't feel like the sort of move that Harris would make anyway, but who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll work something out and it won't feel so strange, but yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I'm just endlessly curious about what that deal they had in place was now. Who were they getting? I know. Was- Eddie's, I, might have been, I heard the Tigers were interested in their, in their catchers, Diego uh, Cart- Cartier, yeah, and Dalton Rushing, who are two of the top Dodgers, two of the top three prospects. Now, Cartier has a pretty huge step back this year as a prospect, but that that Tigers may have believed in in something that you know just sort of the way the development works, he goes backwards. Rushing was the guy who had a huge year last year, and is I think still fairly highly regarded. So that would that would have been a nice return for sure. Yeah, I would have loved Mike Michael Bush as well. Twenty five year old can play. A little bit of infield could play the outfield. I would have loved him to play. He could have played a role for the Tigers this year, but it's water under the bridge now at this point. But yeah, the Tigers do make another move. Yeah, we were getting into the reliever talk. Lange and Foley, I think those are guys that probably, if they were to get moved, it would probably have been in this offseason. And in terms of Cicinero, maybe he's a guy that gets moved in the offseason as well. He's a free agent. Oh, he is. Yeah, that, that's why he and Shreve are both free agents. That's why it's just stunning that they didn't get any bites there. They're, they're, Shreve is a left-handed. He hasn't been great left-handed reliever, but team's always looking for lefties. And Cisnero seemed like a decent enough right-handed reliever. You throw him in your sixth or seventh inning for just as an option. He's not your everyday sixth or seventh inning guy, and, and that seems like it would have helped a contender. But who knows? Who knows what the offers were? Yeah, I mean, he, he has had a rough stretch, but still, he's a solid reliever. He has a bit of a track record. That is definitely surprising. And just trying to talk yourself into this team competing, it's just hard to see that. They're 12 games under 500. They're only six and a half out of division, but just the thought of them getting back to 500 is just, it seems like such an uphill battle at this point. Yeah, it, it's it's really hard to go on a long winning streak when your offense is this inconsistent. And again, like without three or four mag- bad bats magically appearing, it's it's really hard. They haven't won more than two games in a row since early May. I think so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just a, a perplexing, perplexing deadline. I do think that so Leonard was on the Dodgers forty man roster, so the Tigers, I think, would have to make 
a move on their 40 man. I guess Lorenzen is gone, so they could just replace him with, with Leonard. Yeah, I, I put Wing, Wingetter on the active roster, so that makes sense. I saw that he was going to AAA, so that'll be interesting. I don't know his ETA on MLB Pipeline is 2024. I don't, I wouldn't expect to see him this year, but yeah, it looks like he'll be going to AAA for the Tigers. But uh, yeah, that, oh, did you have anything else, Chris? No, no. I, I keep finding ways to end up saying the same thing. That this was just weird. Yeah, it's it's like you, at the end of the day, you have to give it time to process it. Only time will tell. A lot of people are going to overreact. A lot of people are saying Scott Harris. I've seen people saying that Scott Harris should be fired. Only other thing I had was like not having a GM. How much does that really play a role in this? Yeah, I don't think that matters a, a, a huge amount. I think that the GM, for all intents and purposes, that the, the entire front office basically does the same job. There, there are certain guys who probably have have focus areas, but they basically use the GM title as a as a means to get hire somebody who was currently an assistant GM or a scouting director or something like that. Somebody they like, so that they can add another brain to the room. And that's why I don't think he's done it yet. I think they're waiting till the off season. I think that yeah, it, it it's hard for me to fathom that maybe Scott Harris was struggling to do GM duties because he's working on president duties, which I, who who knows what the difference is. But yeah, I I just I don't know. I, I really don't have any answers for people, unfortunately. Other than they just screwed this one up, I think. Yeah, we did have a comment said from Leonard Taylor said, I wonder what the disconnect between Harris and Eduardo Rodriguez was. I think there had to be a disconnect because at the end of the day, they had a trade in place. So as much as we, the best case scenario probably is for him to stay here long term, whether it's playing out his contract or signing a new one, you have to keep, keep that in mind as well as is the relationship damaged now with the Tigers trying to trade him and it not going through. Yeah, I, I think I, I give Harris maybe a slight pass here on that because 99% of no trade clauses are just for leverage. They're just for players to dictate a little bit uh, more of, of, get more out of, out of whatever their deal is. And it's very, very rare to see players actually exercise them. We saw like Eric Hosmer did it a couple of years ago, I think. But it's it's extremely rare where players don't just go, okay, whatever. I'll waive that if you give me this. Usually that's what happens. But yeah, I, I guess they just they didn't have a, a, a great feel for Rodriguez's distaste for being two hours farther away from Miami, where his family lives. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's it's the whole thing. It, it's just hard to explain. It's hard to explain why they didn't know better. Hard to explain why they didn't have a backup plan. It's hard to explain why they didn't trade the relievers. And maybe Rogelio, who is rejoining us right now, theoretically, will have some explanations for us. I have some explanations for you guys. So just right. got off the Scott Harris call and didn't really want to go into the negotiations of deals, what have you. But uh, a couple of things. First and foremost, Lee will be starting at West Michigan. And uh, per Scott Harris, he will be playing all over the infield. And there was something that I asked him about, because also, I don't know if you saw this or not, Chris, but the Tigers did pick up Eddie's Leonard. Yeah, the, our, our chatters were uh, telling us about that. They said that you took I mentioned it. Yeah, he will be starting in Toledo, and he will see some time in the outfield, just as a heads up, because he was seeing some time there before. But getting back to what he was talking about with with Lee, rather, Lee is going, he liked, and it was the same thing with Leonard, because Leonard was performing above his age level, and that's something that the Tigers are paying attention to, so something worth noting, that if if you see a guy under their, excuse me, for their age performing better, that's something that they evaluate and, and take into consideration quite a bit. But as far as, Erod stuff goes in terms of an extension. You said that Erod likes 
being here and wants to be here. But again, what that means going forward, I'm not sure. But he said that every team, there was teams that didn't go into who or what, but essentially, or even what have the deal with LA, but essentially he would be perfect for a lot of other teams. But so again, it was a lot of Scott Harris talk. So I'm not sure what if he's going to opt out or not, but apparently he does like it here. We'll see. But yeah, it was a list. It was, he looked, Scott Harris looked exhausted. Like he looked yeah. exhausted. I, I sent you a picture. I was, I didn't send you a picture, but if I did send you a picture, it would probably be him like this. Like just, he looked exhausted. He did. And yeah. he, yeah, he was talking about not lack of if sleep. If he sent so. me a picture, he would look exhausted. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did. But what I was thinking is that the deal with the Dodgers fell through, but wouldn't they have other deals in place, other deals they had talked about with other teams? There was an hour left in the deadline when that would Eduardo Rodriguez vetoed that trade. Was there any talk about potential trades with other teams or was it just... Like- he didn't really get into it. He didn't want to... It was for at Liberty, he just didn't want to talk about it. Not, not necessarily talk about it, but out of professionalism, he didn't want to go into it. Because that that's what was going through my mind and I think a lot of people's mind was... A lot of people thought something was going to happen after that trade was vetoed. I, I, I was convinced there were, we heard rumors about deals in place with specific names and things like that, and, and nothing ever really materialized. I, I imagine that I don't think that the, like the Tigers didn't work really hard on this deadline, right? I, I imagine them having these massive spreadsheets with every team and what they need and who they might be targeting and what prospects they like. And, and I feel like it almost feels like they over, overdid it. Like they, they they probably had the perfect deal in place and they were waiting and waiting and they seemed to have played their hand right. They waited until Verlander signed and they had the deal they wanted. And then the one thing they didn't expect happened. And for, and for whatever reason, we all have blind spots, right? Uh, they just didn't know that Erod was going to exercise opt out. Roger, did anybody ask him about, I'm sure they did, but what about yeah. this narrow and, and, and Shreve? They didn't, he didn't really address that question either. He, not that he didn't address it. He just said that a chance to play, but he, it sounded like they weren't, he didn't say they were fielding offers or anything. That was the part that was interesting too, because I, I would because exp- he I think it was I think Cody Staberhagen or who exactly asked him that question, but maybe there wasn't any interest in those guys. If you look at the reliever market right now, if there's one thing that came across on the call, is that he likes position versatility. That is becoming more and clearer on those kind of little things he's looking for. Whether it's a smartest guy in the room, as Steve Wallace says in the YouTube chat, I don't know. But I, I can tell you this much: they have a type, and they're and it's becoming. If you look at if you look at it between the tea leaves or whatever you want to, however you want to say the term, they they're spe- specifically targeting a type. And today with the Lee signing, they I guess also Skyers mentioned that they've been after Lee for a while. They've been interested in Lee for quite some time. Wouldn't shock so, me if they they probably wanted him in the in the Soto deal. Probably settled for one of the other guys, but. Yeah, I don't know. I assume that Scott Harris wouldn't have any answers that would really satisfy fans because yeah, he, there's just no way he came into the deadline planning on keeping Eduardo Rodriguez. Just the way things worked out. Well, we heard we heard that they were going to both move him. We heard that deal about the the Braves and and that deal. Like we heard about Avon Grissom at some point possibly being here, but again, again, that's also just it could be just hearsay. Again, it's just all oh, it's it's just one of those things where. If he comes back and he resigns, then all is forgiven. But until now, for for now, we just have to wait and see. Because if he does opt out, again, he says he likes it here, but does he take a hometown discount then? Because 
Look at the free agent market. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry. You're right. In the free agent market, the the pitching is okay in the free agent market next year, but he would certainly, I think he'd get more than he's getting from the Tigers, almost undoubtedly. And you would think his agent in probably the players' union would probably push him to opt out and and sign a a longer deal. So it's it's hard to see him re-signing. Maybe. We've seen stranger things from players, right? Ozzie Albies and Ronald Acuna Jr. took deals that were well below their market value. Uh, so did Jose Ramirez, right? Like we've seen some players just like it in a place and are willing to sign. I, I don't know. I get to, for, for as much as it seems to be that he wants to be closer to his family. Detroit's not terribly close to Miami. It's closer than LA. Wouldn't stun me if he ends up signing with with Florida or Tampa or Atlanta next year. Yeah. They would all be fits. Tampa probably not because they don't like to spend all that much money. But um, I will say this. Apparently, he does pay attention to what we do because he's like, well, you know how you, you know how I like my guys, and it's just maybe he just said it as a general statement. I don't know, but it was because I was the one that asked him about the minor league players like getting into. Yeah. So and you know how you know how I like my guys. Is that what he's like, like? Yeah, like, yeah. It was kind of like something like that. And and like, that's random. <laughs> but then again, can we, that's the pit. I, I don't know, but that uh, is. So I like in terms of like, Erod staying. The other thing is too like. Is the relationship damaged? Because at the end of the day, the Tigers tried to trade him. Have, I don't ever recall a player getting traded and then the trade not going through and then him staying with that team long-term and rekindling the relationship. A lot of times I feel like when something like this happens, it's a sign of things to come that it's not going to work out long-term. It's. I suppose there could be it, some frayed feelings there. But particularly, I, like I said, I think there's going to be a scenario when the next time he pitches at home, he's probably going to get booed. Takes them on, which is going to be really weird. I hope that fans aren't like that, but I, I unless he's just completely oblivious, here's, he must here's have the last. This is something. Here's the last. I didn't get this because I wanted to jump on the podcast, but this is what Jeff Sadell asked him point blank Why strike a deal with the team on Gerardo Rodriguez's no trade list? We were talking through about it, possible destinations didn't work on the end. I have to leave it at that. End quote. And look, yeah. if you're out there blaming, e- look, I, look, I'm telling you this right now. If you're blaming Erod for this not to happen, get out of here, really, because that's just ridiculous. The guy, the Tiger stuck with him during a, a period of time in his life that was troublesome. And I saw people going after him when he was on Twitter, people on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. It just, what, what the hell? Because look, the Tiger stuck with him. They had no questions asked. Everybody was, I remember some of the comments. Oh, he's probably screwing around or whatever. What is wrong with you people? Why go after a guy dealing with pa- family problems? As somebody who, trust me, deals with depression and anxiety. To me, if you're going after somebody like that, or I've dealt with stuff, with my, I, have, I have my own issues, but you're going to go after somebody, how they handle their family situation? Get bent. Seriously, get bent. It's just, it's the same thing with this. If you, the tiger, it's on the tigers. It's not on Erod. It's on the tigers. Yeah. Erod deserved or earned the no trade clause. And again, I don't think, I don't think he quit on the tigers last year. He dealt with something we don't understand, and I'm never going to pretend to understand. When I go down there in the press box, and I go down there, he's a quiet guy, and he will be booed. Steve, you're absolutely right. He probably will be booed by the tiger fans. But that's come on. That's just yeah. that's just come. quite frankly. It doesn't matter what his reasoning is, right? As you said, he earned the right. He made it to free agency. He earned the right to have a no-trade clause. Maybe he doesn't like Mookie Betts for some reason, right? 
Maybe he doesn't like Andrew Freeman. Maybe he doesn't like Los Angeles at all. Maybe Los Angeles is the source of all his problems. It doesn't matter. It 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 was on the Tigers to know that and to either talk him through that or work around that or find a different trade target. And they didn't. They didn't. And now they just have to hope that they can re-sign him or, or go on an epic run and win the Hale Central and then lose in the first round of the playoffs. But it just, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's, it's, as I said, this is going to be something that, that people are going to remember for a long time. As long as Scott Harris is, is the, the president here, unless he hires a GM and just disappears into the background, this is, this is going to be one that sticks with him, I think. Yeah, in terms of placing the blame, Scott Harris, there, there had to be a disconnect there to know when you have this trade that, is in place and then you come to find out just an hour before the deadline Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't want to go there that should have been figured out before the deal was even in place Thank so if you, you want to if you want a place to blame anywhere it would no. be on Scott Harris unfortunately I even saw people blaming Alavila because oh you shouldn't have given him the no trade <laughs> that's a little much but to me that's... if if you have a deal in place that that disconnect between the front office and the player that to me is is very concerning and we talked about the lack of communication with earlier in the season with Scott Harris not talking to the fans felt like we were in the dark about a lot of things this just goes back to that with there being a disconnect between the front office and the players there he does talk there was one thing that he did clear up he does talk to the players a lot apparently he does that's what he was saying and whether they had again I don't we don't know the conversations because he said he didn't want to share those and I completely understand that so whatever was happened I'm sure that the whatever took place Erod just said no. Like this is not gonna work out for me. So as far as me being a softy, look, I, hey, that's fine. I'll I'll own up to that. But it's just for some like we just because you get paid a certain amount of money doesn't make it like again. So I don't understand if you pay, get paid millions of dollars, and don't show up to do your job. You're you suck. I like I don't understand that logic. If if Erod did not want to go and pitch because of what was going on with his family, whatever it was. It's none of my business, and it's none of my. If he, he can't, if this is going to go out there, it's the same thing with, in Elton. Yeah, okay. You know what? That's fine. I'd rather get the draft compensation when he signs but, elsewhere, but they don't. Well, but they don't get any. Yeah, they're not getting they're, any draft. Com- yeah, they can't get draft compensation for him yeah. because. Yeah, I put that up there because uh, people have been saying that they can't get draft compensation because the Red Sox already offered him a qualifying offer, and you can only a player can only be tendered a qualifying offer once in his career. So there's there's no there's no compensation. If the Tigers lose him, they lose him. They get nothing for him. And look, and Jacob is correct. It's one hundred percent his fault. Scott Harris's fault. Whether how however the narrative is, the narrative will be the it's the Scott Harris's fault getting it done. And ultimately, it comes on the fact that well, where you're the only the only thing I was the only thing I was confused about was the reliever side of things. Not getting anything for Cisnero when you have a couple guys down in AAA and AA it could bring up. So. Yeah, fans are overblowing this thing a little bit. But at the same time, I think that I don't think Carpenter's going to lose his. I don't think Carpenter's going to take two months off to lose his job. Kerry Carpenter is a different story. Again, whatever happened to Erod, he had something going on that he was going through a divorce was, with his wife. It was like it something. Was fa- it was a family thing. It was a family thing. Yeah. Years ago, years ago, Maglio Ordonez had a terrible year. And people were yelling about him and claiming the whole time. And it turned out that his wife was dealing with an illness, right? And he was playing through that and, and having that on his mind the entire time. There are human elements that we don't ever account for because these guys are gladiators on TV and we expect them to, to perform at super superhuman levels. 
so again, yeah, I don't think anybody should be blaming Eduardo Rodriguez for for anything. I understand that the 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 impulse to do that just because it was him who who put the kibosh in the deal. But again, it's it's on the front office to, to if you're determined to move him and get something, it's on the front office to have backup plans at the ready. And they didn't. And it does, sometimes sometimes you don't perform, right? Sometimes you strike out and that's what happened here. And and you just have to hope that Scott Harris can turn it around because this is this is his first trade deadline and it was not great. Hang on a second. Let me let me play this real quick. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Let me explain the aspect of what I mean by fans blowing on our proportion. It was the issues with going after him last year for the stuff he was going on with his family. That, to me, that's what I was referring to. Fans, look, fans have a right to be pissed off. Rightfully, this is ridiculous. You're totally, I understand that quite a bit. And you have every right to be mad about it because you expected, they. we've heard it all month. They're going to move these two. They're going to move these two. And so Scott Harris didn't play his hand correctly. And that, and that is it. Fans have every right to be mad about this. Now, if he resigns, again, we're not having this conversation. But if he doesn't, then it's just going to give, you have more questions hitting the off. The only thing I'm mad about, and I said this on Scott Bentley's spaces earlier, is the Tigers did nothing to get a third baseman. The Tigers, pray to, here's the thing that I value, but there's a question here that I'll get to in a second from Mr. Act Like It. I'll, I'll get to you in a second. Baltimore got, uh, Baltimore got Jack Flaherty for Preto. I said this earlier before that I left the call. They got Preto, a left-handed bat, power, and he's he's not a power hitter. Um, oh, oh, sorry, he's, he's been hit with he's power. A, he's, a, he's a ton of contact. Yes, but he's been hit with power as of this year. I should say. Part you're right, but they got him. They got him. He wanted, and he's a good player. I, I didn't mean yeah, to. Sorry, but I'm the, just saying. That, yeah, could have got Diaz too. Diaz is also another guy that, again was doing very well for Baltimore. No power. As far as Vito makes a lot of hard contact. The only reason why I was saying about the power numbers is because you've heard some numbers from him that he was hitting the ball exponentially hard. In terms of like his power numbers, yeah, you know what? 154 ISO in AAA is not going to do it for you. I get it. What I'm it's, saying is... It's fine for an infielder. Yeah, I didn't mean to, yeah. He's not an empty bat. It's just yeah. his skill is making tons of contact and getting tons of hits. And, and the Tigers could use somebody like that. The Tigers could use power, too. But I would have been totally fine with, with the return that the, the Cardinals got for yeah. Flaherty, I think. That, that would have yeah. been perfect. That would have been, yeah. been perfect. Look, that and, yeah. And I think it was damn near what you wrote in your piece, your yeah. Eduardo yeah. Rodriguez. And now we look like idiots. We wrote two, a two-part <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez piece where the yeah. first line in both of them is like, the Tigers are going to trade Eduardo Rodriguez. And... Now they all they all made us look foolish. Dom yourself, Dom yourself. Look, I I feel stupid right now as it stands. I got egg running on my face. And you make a good point about the White Sox, but this is the Chicago White Sox. This is a team that cannot get out of their own way. Every time they get players, it is they said from bless you boys. It is like a clock when it turns twelve every day. It's just gonna be a mental de deconstruction with that team. I have never seen. I, I it's been a long time since Chicago's put their act together. If the White Sox somehow can do that, great. Great, but I just the thing is that this is frustrating for me because we or frustrating for Chris and I. We wrote we wrote those pieces under the impression it was going to be traded. So trust me, I want to yell, I want to scream, but right now I'm just trying to be as professional as possible because, quite frankly, 
I just want to be rational about this thing. It's, 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 it's frustrating. And yeah. it's just, but one thing I do want to get to this question real quick, and that's from, see here. When the call was done, did you walk away with any more clarity before the call with Scott? The only clarity I got was the kind of players that he was aiming for. Because Chris and I have been talking about this for a little while now. And he, he pretty much corrected, he pretty much said yes. So the players he's profiling, they can play multiple positions, they make good solid contact, they walk a lot, that's what he wants. As far as the negotiations go, I might hit my... Came away confused about the whole thing with that. Yeah. My question would be in terms of having more clarity about competing for this year. Did he give any explanation about the plan just for this season if they're trying to still contend? Because I, I saw a tweet from Cameron who said Tigers have six games against the Twins this month. They have four against the Guardians as well. They're only six and a half games out. Was there any clarity or any comments addressed about them trying to compete in 2023? Not really. No, they're just saying they're going to play out the season. And, and really, again, even the one question I just didn't realize I should have asked, and I forgot about this, was are they going to still earmark bats for the young bats this year? Because Scott, both Scott Harris and A.J. Hinch both said in the spring training they were going to earmark bats for the young players, and they have not done that. There has, in terms of for the positional standpoint, this is August 1st. Yeah, there's still time, and September call-ups don't exist anymore. It's not a thing. So it's not like they can go do that. But now you have Andre Lipsius who's coming back, who could play who could play the infield. He's on your 40 man. And you don't really have an option right now. And it's just like it, 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 it's frustrating. And Alton, thank you. Thank you for thank you for the ten dollar donation. Exquisite. Much appreciated. Double donation from double donation from Elton. We he already gave us twenty earlier. Oh nice. And then you get a yeah. exquisite. A double. Apple is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's entirely possible that that the young bats they wanted to earmark playing time for were Nick Maton, Matt Veerling, Ryan Kreidler, and, and possibly Andre Lipsius, right? And Just as big hit a solo hard. home run opposite field. Hey, hey I'll go pull that. Big. You go right. you can, yeah, you can basically, that. All, all, all I was saying is, is maybe it was Kreidler and Lipsius, and, and then Kreidler got hurt, has been hurt off and on all season, and, and then Lipsius never performed in AAA, so they couldn't really justify calling him up. I don't know. Or maybe it was GM speak, right? Maybe it was just nonsense. Maybe it was a lot. It was, I hate to say it, but it was a lot of GM speak in that regard. And, uh, minus the prospect questions stuff of it. It was a lot of GM speak. And I, I, again, it was one of those things where a lot of things he was trying to respect his privacy. I get that part. But yeah, he wasn't given much away with that. And again, it is what it is. And yeah, Big B is a baller. Yes. I just, I wish I had a better explanation than what I'm reporting. But it is, look, I'm just as frustrated as you guys are about it as a fan, as a professional writer, podcast, or whatever you want to call me, professional evaluate, whatever my title is. I have to sit there and look at it as a, a sense that the system is still very thin. You still don't have any bats that are going to be, that are ready in AAA right now outside of Parker Meadows, maybe Justin Henry Malloy and Cole Keith. You're still having, a, you still have to address that. The draft has helped. Don't get me wrong, but those guys are in complex league. There's no, they're nowhere near that. But no, Steve, it's okay. And Steve, thank you for the nine ninety nine. Exquisite. No, you know what? Look, it's fans have every right to look. Sometimes I get people misunderstand me that when I when I mock fans or something. No word on when they're going to hire GM Elton. By the way, I just get when I see some of the vicious 
people on Twitter, maybe it's just sometimes on Twitter, I get confused when I see people attack players and I owners, I don't know. That, that, I, yeah, it, it, Scott Harrison really, in terms of just in terms of looking at their farm system right now, he did address, t- talked about that a little bit about that. And some of the like, young guys, they feel they're are, are pro- going to be progressing more this year. So that was really about it in terms of what he stood as far as the years go, John, uh, to answer your question fully. Yeah, I've seen a couple comments already, which kind of was where my mind was going, is this offseason. What does this mean now for the offseason? Uh, are the Tigers more inclined to be buyers this offseason? Because now we're hearing maybe they'll trade the relievers. I just saw a comment from from Jacob who said, it, is Matt Manning more likely to be moved this offseason? It just makes you wonder what this deadline, how does it impact the overall timeline of the Tigers, which is in question because we don't really know exactly what the Tigers' timeline is when they really are expecting to contend for a title. So it just makes the the water even a little more murkier. Yeah, and I think, John, what they're going to do this year is they're really going to, I think there's one thing that we've seen based off the farm assignments is we've already seen the filtering out of players. There's a reason why Gage Workman's in, in high A. There's a reason why some of those players were in developmental camp. They they have done they they started weeding it out. I think the weeding out is still going to continue, and still going to bring in guys. I think the one thing that I really have had a, a problem with, with is the way they've handled AAA pitching. Michael Rimmer with twenty he says twenty fifty year, but oh as far as anyway, but yeah, it's just <laughs> we got a, um, a, a yeah. lot a lot of chats coming questions coming fast and furious. The one thing we did get a chance to to somebody asked Tiger Town. He said, "Can you talk about the prospect we got for Lorenzo?" And we we did talk about. How you lead earlier, but Rahelia wasn't here. So, Raj, if you want to give your thoughts on him, I, I think so I, they might appreciate that. Okay. So, I did write an article you can find on TigerMinorLeagueReport.com, and I'm going to post it here on the chat. Lee is a guy who kind of crowds the play a little bit, but he's pulled away from holding the ball so much, and he's starting to make his pull percentage went from 42% to 32 and so he's a guy who has some some pop. He broke his wrist, or he sprained, I think he had some, oh, I'm sorry, he fractured his wrist last year. And so a lot of that power that he did have cost him a little bit. That's where the upside about that is he does have potential power. He has a big body. He worked with Adam Everett, former Tiger, who is the fielding instructor for the Phillies. And he is a guy who really works his ass off. He's a red ass, if you will. And, and so the fact he was talking, David Loria from Fangraphs pointed out that he talks smack in, in Chinese, which I thought was pretty funny. But he's a guy who's going to go after it. And that's really what it is. As far as, in terms of how he's going to fit into to their plans with Young, with Young, the fact that he can play third and short also helps his cause. So he does have good hands, again, but he was working more on his feet and that's what was something he was trying to work on. I, I, like, I like this move a lot because it was a guy who, if you look at number, again, doesn't strike out a lot either, walks a lot, but he makes really good contact. And so if you're hitting 20 years old, hitting 279 in high A, I, that's, that's, that's definitely worth something considering that I think if we're, if we're going to, and this is the, and this, by the way, this is the final year we're going to compare the Alavila era. Cause I, I always do this or we've done this a lot. I don't know if he would have like, it's, I don't know if we would have gotten something like this smart from Avila. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that for sure. Cause I know that's going to be the same thing again. And it's three nothing pirates. Just, hey, that's a part. That's a quality mm-hmm. earth, right? Um, oh yeah, another rough start for Manny. Oh, at least to start off. But well, yeah, I, I think 
to, to Roger's point, yeah, we, we talked about uh, how you like he's a quality prospect. I, I, I think that he's two years older, slightly less than two years older than, than Kevin McGonigal. If Kevin McGonigal were hitting 280 in high A two years from now, I think people would be fairly excited about him as a prospect, probably have him in the top 10 in the system. So he's progressing nicely. I think that's what you're looking for. I think that there's, if you look at, at Lee's body, he looks like there's some, he, he can add some more strength. He's already pretty filled out. So it's not going to yeah. be like a guy who's just going to get bigger and stronger, but he looks like he's got some muscle and, and can turn on the ball. And there are a couple home runs you can see online where he does really turn on the ball. It's fun. Yeah. You just hope for an optimized version of him that maybe, who knows, maybe turns into an Isak Paredes who, who is hitting 230 and banging 25 homers or something like that. But Hopefully he can just become an average hitter with average power and play a solid second base. And somebody asked, are we worried about the Tigers seem to have a lot of second base prospects? And these things just always work themselves out, right? Like the, the, the... I was just going to say, they, they, he, he's planning on moving. A lot of these guys is going to move around. They're not going to be at one position just as a heads up. That's the way I got the impression. Yeah, I, I don't think Jace Young can really play anywhere else than second base. Keith can move around. Lee can move around. McGonagall probably can move around a little bit. He may stick at second base. That's it. But again, not all these guys are going to work out. That's just the way it goes. Look at the, the Orioles have, we talked about, they have a massive long log jam of, of infielders, and they traded one of them. They still have all, basically all the other guys left. They still have an army. They, they still have an army. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Because, you know, you never know. And, and it's nice to have the depth. So I, I wouldn't worry about that just yet. And I think, as, as John mentioned earlier, if it does work out, you could always trade, turn around trade Lee or trade McGonagall or trade Young, trade Keith, any of those guys, if you, if you feel like you can go for it next year or the year after. Yeah, and in terms of keeping them, I hate to like keep bringing up the comparison of the Giants, but that 2021 Giants team had so many moving pieces, had so many versatile players, so many platoons. You go think of a platoon of Jace Young and Lee, a platoon of Colt Keith and Lee, a, a platoon of McGonagall and Lee, and his ability to move all around the field. We talked about a couple of podcasts ago about the Tigers' farm system being left-handed, a lot of left-handed bats. Will they now get a right-handed bat that can complement some of those players? So he is a guy that it's funny because we were talking about Dave Dombrowski a couple podcasts ago about how when Dave Dombrowski found a player he wanted, he would just go for him. And it's ironic. It seems like that's happened with this trade with the Tigers, which was a trade with Dave Dombrowski where the Tigers identified a player they want and they went and got him. And I think he fits really well with the young players they also have in their system and could be a, a piece to their infield in, in a couple of years. I will say this. It is. Something to note, by the way, he did get moves up pretty quickly. That's a that's a that's a David Dombrowski signature move right there. If you see a player move up, he didn't. He, he totally destroyed complex ball and single A, but he moved up pretty quickly. Which is, if you look at it, hmm, interesting. Dombrowski has been notorious for that. Robbie Weinhardt comes to mind. There's been several players. Mm -hmm. oh, I know that's a flashback for people. No, that's a good one. That's go ahead. No, lots of them. We talk about Maben spending like 30 seconds in double A before coming Eduardo, to the big uh, Suarez, same thing. He got yeah. moved up pretty rapidly. So when I looked at that, I'm like, well, wait a minute. This is, okay, Nebrowski was just sweating up. And you know what, Leonard, you're perfectly fine. This is a vent. Like I said, I don't judge people. It is what it is. You're, you're, you're good people. Everybody's good in here. But yeah, when I looked at that, I'm like, oh, yeah, it, interesting. So yeah, this guy here is scoot the, scoot the pooch or whatever that term is. <laughs> and he crapped the bed. Yeah, you can look. There's a couple ways you can look at it. Admittedly, yeah, they didn't get anything for Erod, but I don't got no butt. Actually, never mind. This is all I got. It's, it's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because but I like to John's point, and thanks to your intel, Raj, that yeah, that they said that they'd like Lee. 
and they were trying to get him before. So they, they did find a guy that they liked and uh, Kale Org. Yeah, uh, nice reference. Nice, that's a flashback. Cool. Elton, props to you. <laughs> um, and Leonard, you're welcome, by the way. And you guys are good people. Oh, good. And there is, there is, this is, uh, would be like 50th on my agenda of things I care about, right? But, but there is a, a vacuum of talent in, in high A and below in the system. The Tigers tried to address that a ton in the draft, right? By getting a lot of these, these promising young prep players, but there's still not much going on there at high A and low A. And, and there's nothing wrong with maybe having waves of prospects, right? It's it, you want good prospects at every level, just, just in case somebody takes a huge step forward and, and cause things don't always work out. And, and it's all these prospects we pay a ton of attention to. A lot of them aren't going to do anything. Backfilling a little bit in high A is fine. It does. I think a lot of us were expecting maybe someone a little bit closer to the big leagues, but again, that goes to, we didn't get that from the Tigers. Yeah. Just that we didn't get them taking those prep players. So I don't know. It is what it is. Paul has calculation there. It is one thing, one thing. So our prospect reports, he is going to be on there. So we just to make a couple adjustments. Our top 30 is going to probably drop either tomorrow or Thursday. We just got to do the reports part of it now. Yeah, you know what? I should. I, you know what? That's Elton. Good observation. Usually I do wear a hat, but I've been. I did my day job and went to here, so I was just been. You I haven't really left this office, by the way. By the way, I haven't wear a hat, wear a hat in the Tigers press conference meeting. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, also, yeah, I, yeah, you're absolutely right. I didn't want to have a, a cap on for that. By the way, it was Alex Thomas was asked. Tigers wanted Alex Thomas because we we oh. heard. We heard. That is what we heard. Yes, we, we yes. heard a rumor that 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 they they were offered. McCarthy and they countered yeah. with Alec Thomas. Now, who knows how true that is? Yeah. We heard several rumors and none of them came true, right? There are lots of rumors floating around, but I think that was reasonable ask for them. And the Diamondbacks didn't even acquire a starting pitcher either. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's, there are certain teams, honestly, the, the Orioles, their big move was Jack Flaherty. Is that really moving the needle for anybody in Baltimore? I don't think so. But uh, certain teams just kind of like stood pat and said, we, we like our club or we're not quite ready to go all in. That the Orioles seemingly easily could have gone and got Dylan Cease, but but what, what Baltimore has done too with their bullpen is they have a they have a Yankee like in terms of Yankee bullpen and their in their prime, the Yankees were able to shorten the game with their bullpen, and that's what Baltimore's doing right now. They're doing something similar to what Tampa's doing too. Mike Ellis, look, the guy. I, look, if there's anybody out there that I would, if if he told me to kiss the ring, I would is Mike Ellis because what he's done in Baltimore is extraordinary. Is there? Oh, that's a good question. Elton wanted to know if there's no non-waiver trade August trades. There are. There are no longer the August yeah, waiver trades. There. There is still one kind of trade that teams can make, and, and it's pretty rare. But you see it with with veterans on minor league deals. And the example I gave in, in Discord was Matt Whistler, right? Matt Whistler yeah. is a major league baseball veteran, but he's not on the Tigers forty man roster, so they could trade him to another team later on in August. Uh, but that's about it. You, you can't you can't make there's no more Verlander trades. The David Cohn trade, I think, was a famous August trade, uh, the, the one that got him to the Blue Jays for the World Series. But yeah, so this is it. This is it. Yeah. This is this is your return. You got Eddie's Leonard and you got how you leave. And we got and we got you. Bro. And we yeah, got you, great. You, yeah. Wait for wait for him. He looks like he's at he's at a game. He's at Iowa and Toledo. I believe yeah. it is. Oh, oh. Are you there. You're just All streaming right. Iowa oh. and Toledo. You for you for. I just watched Tyler Nevin knock in Parker Meadows. Oh, it was a thrill. Goodness. I'm getting my first look at Wenzel Perez. Oh, Wenzel, boy. You know Wenzel Perez, yeah. There he is. <laughs> nice. 
Go ahead, Chris. What do you say? Oh, 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 oh. Panicorn. Oh, um, Deep life. center. All right. You per- okay, so give you the floor. Give us, okay, give us your take on the trade. And uh, yeah, just give us, yeah, let it, let, let, thanks away. You per- you're not as angry as me, but you do tend to use your words better than I do. Go ahead and take it away. The floor is yours, number one. So yeah, between innings here, give me a quick one, two on it. Lorenzen trade, just fine. Nothing to really complain about there. I think the guy fits overall ethos to what they're trying to build offensively. But to, to really kick the can here on Eduardo Rodriguez is, is pretty shocking. Just, there's no other way to put it that they didn't have a, an in-depth plan. Now, we don't know everything. We don't know how firm was the Dodger deal. Was it set in stone this was going to happen? We don't know how much talking they've done to his agent, talking about Erod's agent. We don't know if he changed his mind late in the game about going to L.A. So there's things we may be learning as we go, but the fact that they couldn't pivot in that last hour and make something out of nothing is really surprising because there are a lot of teams looking for pitching. So now the best case is that they he, he opts in or they, they're able to resign him somehow. But to me, this was the lost opportunity. And I'm not all that eager for the next three years of a rather injury-prone soft tosser. He's not quite a soft tosser. But as he moves into his 30s, if he loses any velo, he is a soft tosser. He would have been much better off to make a good trade today while his marketability was high and he couldn't do it. What's a black mark on the organization? Yeah. I'll also make sure that YouTube's going to somehow... You're playing copyright music, so just... Oh, yeah. We're definitely getting copyrighted. Yeah. God. YouTube well, now we have Jack O'Loughlin on the mound. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been pitching better as of late. Um, yeah. But his last is kind of starts. But no, it's... Look, I think there's somebody out there. There's going to be some criticism out there. You already see Tony Paul is not holding back from the Detroit News. And he has a great... Again, this was an opportunity for him to make a splash. And if Lee turns out, great. But we won't know until two or three years from now. But the fact is, Erod, if Erod pitches as well, if Erod goes and just goes uh, ham here, then it just, he's going to get, he's going to get more money. There's just going to be too many offers out there. It's just that this market, the free Asian market, this off season is shite. Yeah. I, I agree. I think there's less than a 5% chance he's in a Detroit uniform next year. He's going to get to free agency. You don't get that close to free agency coming off a good year. Assuming he continues through the rest of the year pitching well, he's going to test the market. He can say whatever he wants, but he likes it in Detroit. But come on, money talks. I'm really a little bit surprised again. Eduardo Rodriguez had every right to turn down this trade. It was in his contract. No one should argue about that for a second. Just from a personal standpoint, why he wouldn't go to L.A. for two months and a chance at a World Series ring, that's his call. I don't get it, personally. But again, it's his call. I'm sure he has reasons. Oh, well, by the way, we did get a question about Eddie's Leonard and uh, tra- fan of the show, Trevor, or Trevor, a friend of the show, Trevor, who said he's not a fan of him. I'm not sure why. But Trevor went up and scouted Great Lakes last year, I remember, and I, I don't think he was, I think he was big on Tartaya. The guy, the guy, hit, and last year, he had 15 home runs last year. 
at Great Lakes, and he's out to hitting 11 home runs right now for Jupiter. Double, Jupiter. Double whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm it's John Cena. <laughs> it is. Oh, this is gear. Here. Oh, Leonard will begin some time in the outfield. So he was playing a little bit of center field, and he's going to be wow. over. Again, he's just 22 years old. So something think, also consider. I mean, I, I haven't, we haven't looked at it yet, but I think he'll probably also be in our Tigers top 30 prospects, even though he was just waived and, and claimed. He was, I think he was a top 30 prospect at most places to the Dodgers. Yeah. That is a pretty good system. It does feel like another utility profile, but there's a little bit of pop there. I don't know. We'll have to, to to figure that one out. Yeah. See, yeah, it's a uh, big cop. All right. So, um, say so what? I'm going to hit the road here, guys. All right. Thanks, right. Super. Have thanks fun. for coming in. All right. You, first, um, <laughs> okay, you too. Live from Davenport, Iowa, where the Mud Hens are playing the Cubs right now, the Iowa Cubs. And yeah. Hens are up one nothing. Yeah. Mud Hens are up one nothing. On Tyler Nevin single, I believe. And Leonard brings up a good point. The Yankees are 10 games back. And yeah, the White Sox are just, they are. And so the Yankees made one move, I think, right? And it was to get a middle yeah. reliever. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at, look. Look, look, look at the Yankee fan base right now. Amplify amplify the anger by Tigers fans by a hundred thousand right now. And plus people people oh no no a million. It's it, it, it well, sorry, it's a lot more amplified than that. They're pissed. It is in, in it generally speaking, I think Yankees fans mostly want to go for it and buy. I'm sure there are a lot of Yankee fans who are upset they didn't sell, but I don't know. Who did the Yankees really have to sell? I'm trying to I heard Glaber Torres to the Marlins. Well about the Marlins for one quick second. Yes, the Marlins. Uh, the Marlins. Look, the Marlins cleaned up. The Marlins did a phenomenal. They got Josh Bell, and they got a little guy in Khalil Watson that they didn't feel strongly about. The Marlins did did nothing to impact their young pitching. They still have a couple hitters in their system, and they're going to compete with Atlanta. Atlanta didn't really do much. Atlanta did a couple little things, but my credit to Miami. All those trades were smart. You got Josh Bell for two guys that you don't too. do. Pardon me? Jake, Jake Burger too. Jake, Jake Burger. You got Jake Burger too. And you got pitching. You got David Robinson for the Mets. They, yeah. it's just, it's really, the Marlins had to me the best trade deadline, period. It's, the Marlins to me, yeah. It's, it's, that's one of the things, and my buddy Rob wanted us to go through and, and rank all the trades and, and figure out who won the deadline and who didn't. We weren't expecting the Tigers to have this giant newsworthy kind of debacle, but it's hard to, it's hard to argue with what the Rangers did. They went out and they got Max Scherzer and they got Jordan Montgomery. Like they boosted their bullpen or their, their rotation. Their offense is already pretty damn good. Yeah. The Astros went and got Verlander. Like anytime you, I think history tells us that, that the teams that are buying at the deadline win, win the deals more often than not. I don't know, 75, 25, if it's 60, 40, if it's 80, 20. So I tend to lean on the side of buyers. But when you're, when you're not a contender and you have to sell, yeah, it, it's 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 hard to, to figure out. Like, I'm trying to think who got the best return in terms of prospect. Oh, um, what about the Aaron Savali trade? Getting Kyle, Kyle Manzardo. Yeah. That's he's 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 a top 100 prospect to some places. It'll be interesting to see what Cleveland does with him because he's he's a he stands out most for just his pure hitting ability. There's there's power there, but he's never been a huge home run guy. Like you could hope that he hits 20, maybe 25, but he's a first base only, and it's it's basically all bat. If he if he doesn't hit, you got nothing. In this year, he's not hitting a triple A this year, I don't think. At least not to his previous standards. That was a good deal. That's a player that I certainly would have taken for the Tigers, but 
it's when it's when it's a first baseman, it's really risky, just inherently. Yeah, my one of my teams I want to point out is the Mets because uh, I think it was the right move to trade Scherzer and Berlin. You got Drew Gilbert. Have, and I didn't know the Mets were your team. No, like no, my winners for the oh, oh, all right. Because I th- they essentially bought prospects, but I thought they got a great return for Verlander, and they got Acuna's younger brother for Scherzer. So they are paying a lot of money, but I did think they got some some pretty high level prospects in return. I I I would like to go back and look at at our season preview because I feel like we all were like, yeah, the the Mets have spent all this money, but look at that rotation. Like things could go south really quickly with a bunch of old dudes, and I think that's exactly what happened. Uh, what a what a disaster. For the Mets, right? Going all in on all these big names and then suddenly having to get rid of them. It, it's but as you said, like they they at least did the smart thing and in, in ate a bunch of money to get some solid return. Um Gilbert and, and Clifford are a solid return from the Astros, and like you said, Acuna's a, is a fun one from the the Rangers. I don't know. It's but I, I, I do I think I agree with you, Rogelio, that, that the Marlins did they had a smart deadline. They addressed I don't know if Josh Josh Bell hasn't been great this year. But he's a guy who's proven he can hit in the past. And it wouldn't be shocking to me if he turns it on for the final month and a half of the season. Yeah, they address some needs and they, they're they going to try to compete in the, in the NL East, which is fun because the Braves are really good. The Phillies are solid. So it's it's nice to have the Marlins continue because that's not what we're used to over the last 25 years. The Marlins were almost always just a doormat, right? And it's it's fun to see other teams go for it a little bit. Yeah, and I think like the Mets, they now have some prospects in their farm system. When a Dylan Cease eventually does get traded, there could be a favorite for him. Shane Bieber, I think they're going to retool in a sense because they still have Lindor. You still have Pete Alonzo, Brandon Nimmo, Jeff McNeil, Starling Marte. Like They still have a lot of win-now pieces in place. I think it's just a bit of a retool in a, in a sense. Right now, now, Max Scherzer, there was a comment. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. Max Scherzer had a, a statement where basically he said he said exactly what Billy Epler told him. And it was that they weren't ready to compete next year. And it was more likely 25-26. And that was why Scherzer was like, all right. And he put it all out there, which is wild. But that's Max Scherzer for you. Like, you know, I don't think he's going to mince words. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, but who knows with Cohen, right? They they may go all in on Otani. I, I would think he will try. But and maybe clearing some of this money helps. But I, they didn't clear a ton of money. This was not worse than if he was treated dead by no, 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 no. You you literally got Jake Rogers, and that's in barely barely Jake Rogers. That's it. There is to me that is still one of the worst yeah. trades of all time. There's well, you can't you can't. I'm sorry. How can you judge something within just an hour after it happened? Look, Eduardo Rodriguez is, is a good pitcher. He's a good player. The Tigers traded away Justin Verlander, Ian Kinsler, Justin Upton, and JD Martinez, and they got Jake Rogers out of it. That's it. Buckus. Those, so, are, those are MVP caliber players, all, all stars. That those were franchise players, and they got one solid catcher. Zero. Uh, what four years later? Five yeah. years later. Everybody for tuning in this evening. We really appreciate it. We we'll, we we will have a show on Thursday. We're gonna have the segments back. It's been a while. I haven't done a Thursday show in two weeks, so I'm due to come back. And we will have full segments. Maybe something else happens. We will be out there for Lee's first appearance in West Michigan. It's just going to either going to be Thursday or Friday. We, we're not really sure at this point, but thank you. Thank you, everybody. Much appreciated. And uh, yes, you will see us back on Thursday. And again, oh, oh, all content. If you want to check out the article on TigerMindedReport.com, I got the leaves report there. And the top three is going to be dropping probably the next day or two. So thanks, everybody. Much appreciated. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good night, everybody.
Thanks, guys.